came in. We started doing wrong. Yes. Mankind have the authority to determine what will happen or not happen in our world. And so Adam, because Adam was the forerunner for sin, everyone born after Adam followed suit and started sinning. We started sinning. Here is something important to understand. No one is condemned on Adam's account of his transgression. Because Adam sinned and we followed suit and sin, it does not mean we have to stay condemned. Condemnation means that you are stuck in a situation that you can't get out of. When you hear that word condemnation, it means that you are condemned. It means you have no hope. It means that you will never get out of your situation. You will stay in that situation till you die, which will take you into eternity, and that will still keep you in that situation. So when you, when you hear condemn or condemnation, that's never a good word. It means no hope. And so, if we are in sin, or we allow sin to have the rule over us, we are in a condemned situation. However, God didn't leave us to just stay condemned where we can't get out. And that's the goodness of God is that we may be in a situation that may be a a situation of condemnation, but God says, I will never leave you in a situation of condemnation. You will never not have hope because I'm your God. And so we have to realize that even though we followed suit and sinned like Adam did, that doesn't keep us in condemnation. We still have a choice to decide or determine what we will do. If we will stay there or not stay there. Condemnation keeps us in a destructive mode. We'll never be able to get out. As a matter of fact, I will say this because I sense this. There are some of you that, that the thought has already entered into your mind about situation that you're dealing with that it will never change. There's some of you in here today that, that there's thoughts in your mind where you're so down and, and, and hurt about it and sometimes even bitter and angry and frustrated because you believe that the situation that you're in, there is no hope and it will never change. It will never get better. And you're just waiting on just leaving here. You're waiting on just dying. You're waiting on just being, just, just being destroyed. You're waiting on it because in your mind it will never change. But I'm here this morning to bring hope to you. I'm here to tell you Jesus Christ is Lord. The worst thing that could ever happen to any human being is them dying. But God, He is so faithful and so powerful. He's so loving and He's so merciful that He won't even reach you in a state of death. He came to the world uh, to let us know uh, we can have life uh, and have it more abundantly. We don't have to stay uh, in a condemned situation. Yeah. 
The thought is happening. It's going on. It's going on. It's going on. I don't care what it is. Listen to me. I don't care what that thought is. I don't care how much you have feel, felt pressed that it will never work. There is no hope. I tried everything. I've, I've had people pray for me. I've had this happen. Nothing has changed. I'm here to tell you by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Your situation is not too hard for Jesus. Your situation is not too hard for him. He can work it out. He can he can make it like it never was. Oh, somebody, somebody, you can't listen to that voice. It's a lie. That voice that's told you it ain't never gonna change. That voice that's telling you it will never work. That voice that's telling you you might as well give up. I'm here to tell you with a loud voice that you better not give up because your King of Kings and Lord of Lords, He's mighty to save. He's mighty to heal. He's mighty to deliver. We keep thinking that these thoughts, these thoughts. Listen, Satan has no power, but what he does do is bring thoughts into your mind. And if you let those thoughts linger long enough, you start believing those. You can't let those thoughts linger. You got to, when they come into your mind, says, my God loves me too much for him to allow this to happen to me. And so while you're trying to tell me negative things and hurtful things and destructive things, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to stand on God's word and say, there is hope. My God is mighty, mighty to save. abounding grace. That's what God wants us to understand. That He is gracious. That His grace is sufficient. And no matter what you're dealing with, God can take care of it. No matter what you're going through, God can see you through. Somebody, somebody. Somebody, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father, whatever they're going through, whatever the situation, whatever the hurt, whatever, oh God, that has happened in their family, in their home, whatever they have suffered a long time ago, whatever is going on in their body, Lord, I am standing in the gap this morning in the name of Jesus to say, God, will you show them how powerful, will you show them how mighty, will you show them how kind and loving and faithful and gracious you are will you show them this morning oh God in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I come against every work of the adversary that is coming against you this morning I come against it in the name of Jesus hallelujah in the name of Jesus God do what only you can God will you deliver God will you heal God will you set free in the name of Jesus.
You have hope. You have hope. God is working on your behalf. The devil wants you to start thinking about giving up. But can I tell you, God is so good. God is so good. He wants you to know how much he loves you. That he will let the devil think he's got it win. He'll let the devil think he's got you. And then God just shows up and said, no, you don't. You know the story. I don't know if all of you know the story, but some of you should. Lazarus was sick. And the sister came to Jesus and says, Jesus, your buddy Lazarus is sick. And his sickness is unto death. Will you come and pray for him, Jesus? Because if you don't come and pray for him, he's going to die. Jesus says, It's okay. His sickness is not unto death. That's what he said. And then Lazarus died. Now, what is Jesus doing now? He says, Lazarus' sickness is not unto death. And then look after he said that Lazarus died. Some of you would stop going to church. (laughs) Some of you would say, God ain't real. Some of you would say, you know, I knew that church stuff wasn't right. And and, and the one that they call Messiah Jesus, he is nothing but a whatever. Because how can he say the man's sickness wasn't unto death and not a man who's dead? That's how we would do it. And then Lazarus died. But new. When, the, when Lazarus was gone and they thought he was done, no way can Lazarus make it back. Jesus rolled on the scene. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. Listen to me, somebody, this morning. If he's calling a dead man out of the grave, what can he do for you? If he's calling someone that he could have prayed for before he died and he would have been healed, if he can do that, what can he do for you? I know it doesn't, I know we don't understand this, but sometimes God does things to build our confidence in him. And so that whole Lazarus thing was for us to build confidence in the Lord. That no matter what the situation is, he's got it under control. It doesn't matter because what will happen a lot of times, hear me now because this might go for somebody in here today. What will happen sometimes, you will hear me say today what God is going to do for you. And when you leave here, the total opposite is going to happen to you. And you're going to say, I don't know, man. I went to church today and the preacher said this. And, and, and if he said this, I don't see any signs of this happening. So I don't know about that church anymore. Well, I'm here to tell you that's how the Lord operate. He allowed the devil because the devil knows that when God is getting ready to do something in your life, the devil try to get you to get out of position. The devil try to get you to not believe God. The devil try to get you to say, I guess it wasn't just real. And as soon as you start believing that, you get out of position. You start doing your own thing and forget that God had made a promise to you through the voice of a man of God. And so now you go out and something totally opposite happened in your life and you're like, I cannot believe this. Well, I'm here to tell you, just remember Lazarus. Just remember Lazarus. Jesus told them, 
Lazarus' sickness is not unto death, but Lazarus died. So when that thing come up and the devil think he's got you. See, I told you, no sense of going to church. I told you, no sense of believing that stuff. That stuff is not real. When you die, you just die. That's what the devil wants you to believe. But I'm telling you, Jesus is real. Jesus is living. Let me slip this in before I leave. Let me slip this in before I go. I always say this. I would rather spend the rest of my life living, thinking Jesus is real, and die and find that he's not real. Then the opposite, living my life saying he's not real, and then die and realize, oh snap, he's real. Uh-huh, let me back up on that one. That, that's how I fool the devil. He can't touch me. With, with that kind of thinking, the devil can't get into this brain because I've resided to that fact that guess what, devil? You can tell me what you want. You can tell me all you want to tell me. You can try to deceive me as much as you want. I am going to live my life according to that word of God and believing that God is really real. And when I die, one day I'm going to be in his presence and I'm going to spend eternity with him. I'm going to keep believing that. And if I die and that's not true, well, so be it. I live a good life among people. Because if you're going to follow that word, you're going to love people. If you're going to follow that word, you're going to respect people. If you're going to follow that word, you're going to treat people right. So let me just die treating people right. Ah, help me somebody. Let me just die trying to love my brothers and love my sisters and love my neighbors and love my community and love everybody. Let me just die that way. Then to go believe that Jesus is not real and start doing a little of this and a little of that, a little of that, a little of that, and then die and realize, oh no, there is a judgment. I do have to stand before him. Oh, oh, because once we are dead, once we die, we have nothing else to do to change our eternal situation. You can't change your eternal situation after you die. You can only make your eternal situation right while you're living. Be careful of this. Divine will versus human will. Listen to me. We are substituting divine will for human's will. God's will for your will. Okay? Slide out. You want me to work with that a little bit. I can see the expressions on your face. So here is how it's supposed to work. Jesus came and he showed us how we're supposed to live. That because of that sin problem Adam caused us, our minds don't work right. Because of that sin problem, we are now living to one day die physically. Because when we were created, we weren't supposed to die. So because of that disobedient thing that Adam did and we all followed suit, now we're living to one day we're going to die. That's because of sin. And so Jesus, he came for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons was to be our example. And one of the examples that he taught us was, as you live this life, you have to now live it according to what the word of God says. According to God's will, how he wants things to be and not the way you want things to be. And so God, when he came to this earth, one of the things that he did was he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane because he wanted to show us something. Not only was he going to the cross, but we learned something from it. While he was praying, he was praying that 
this is a hard thing to do. And you know what? My human desire is that I don't do this. My human drive is that I don't do this. But you know what, God? I understand the principles of God. Whatever you decide, God, whatever you want is what I will do. That's what he taught us of how to live our life. I feel like doing this. This is what I really want to do. But how does that compare to what God wants me to do? How does that compare? And once you realize it doesn't, and what I want is different from what God wants, then that's when I got to say, oh, Wayne, you can't do that. It doesn't matter how you feel. Forget about your feelings. We, we let the feelings get in the way all the time. But you can feel like doing something that's wrong, but still make the decision to do what God says. And that's what I'm talking about, divine will and human will. Divine will is what God wants for you, and human will is what you want for yourself. Oh, we're a little quiet on that one. Because that's going to be a challenge. Who can ever live their life always, always kind of referring back to the Lord? What do you say, God? Every, every time you decide you want, what do you, what do you think? You know, it's like me when I go to a restaurant. I love going out to eat, right? Big time restaurant guy, right? So every time I go out, if I go out with my coworkers, they always wait for me because they know I always work the system. And if I go out with my family, they always wait for me because they know I work the system. Because what I do, I used to wait tables, so that's why I'm like this. So I would say to the waiter or the waitress, I would say, what do you recommend off the menu? I always do that. Because I know me. When I used to wait tables, I knew all the things that were good. I knew every kind of people that came in the restaurant, and I know what they favored. What, what, what did I say? I always say, I knew every culture. I knew, I knew what, if, if you were Jewish and you came in, what, what would make you happy? This is what I did as a restaurant, as a waiter. Don't get uncomfortable, because you ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> if, if you're Italian, I knew what you like. If you're African-American, I knew what you like. You know, it's like when African-Americans came in and they try to say, how's the prime rib tonight? I said, ah, no, don't get it. <laughs> you know what I said? You know, I tell them don't get it, Bob, because they're going to want it well done and it's never going to be well done. And so it's going to be a problem for me. So I said, don't get a prime rib. Uh, you, can't, you, you can't deal with my transparency. Uh, I, that's just the way that I am. I can't help it. Right. And so and so I just did that. I, I always referred I go to restaurants now and I just, I check the waiter or waitress to see how much they know. If they're just doing a job or they really notice things. So I would, I would say, what do you recommend? And as soon as they say everything on the menu is good, I'm like, I don't, got, I don't have a good waiter. I don't have a good, anytime they tell you everything on the menu is good, not good, not good, not good. <laughs> I, 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 I knew what people like and I knew what was good. And the special that the chef ran, I knew if the special I was supposed to push it or not push it. You got to know. Well, I guess since I, I'm used to, you know, referring to the experts, because that's what I say, I try to live my life kind of like that. Whatever you're the expert in, I always refer to you. So, so if, if, if you good on technology and I just know a little bit, what do you think? Right? Whatever you're good at, I'm always going to refer to you. Well, Jesus is great at everything. <laughs> so I'm going to live my life referring to him. What do you think, Lord? 
because this is what I feel. But what do you think, Lord? And that's really in a nutshell what the Lord is asking us to do because that sin problem that we followed suit with with Adam, that sin problem is in our way. So everything we think and everything we try to do, it's distorted. It's distorted. You know, we can think that we're right sometimes when we're wrong. Why? Because of that sin thing. Those experiences we've had in life has really clouded our thinking. And sometimes we think we know. That's why I don't try. As long as I've been living for God and being a preacher, I never try to act like I know everything in the Bible. Amen. You know why? Because I want to get it right. Once you start thinking that you got a lot, you know a lot about it, there's a day that's going to come where something is going to come up where you don't know and you won't do it because you thought you knew everything. So I'm comfortable saying, what do you think, Jesus? Somebody ask your neighbor, do you do that? (laughs) What do you think, Jesus? We need to follow the divine will of God and not human will. When we follow human will, Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin, the payment, which you earn. So when you do what you want, you earn death. But when you do what God wants, you earn the gift of eternal life. It was Adam's unrighteousness and disobedience that caused all of us to become sinners. Mm-hmm. And death reigned in our life. But because of Jesus Christ's righteousness and obedience, we can all be free from sin and no longer be sinners and have eternal life. You can experience freedom from sin. Listen, nobody's perfect. When you give your life to God, it doesn't mean you're never going to do wrong and you're never going to make mistakes. That's not what it means. It means you don't get up every day deliberately doing that. That's what it means. So, again, transparency, 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 transparency. I can't help it. That's just who I am. So, some of you might have heard me say this before, but some haven't. And so, I remember when I wasn't living for God that I might have had drinks throughout the week. And then, and, and then Sunday came, Sunday morning, right? All throughout the week I was drinking. Sunday morning came. And, you know, it just come to a crescendo. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to take it easy today. I'm not going to have any drinks today because I've been drinking all week long. And all of a sudden, one of my buddies come. Yeah. And guess what? I start drinking Sunday. Before Jesus, I had no control over that. I wanted, I could lie to myself right now in front of you and say, yeah, I think I had some control. I just, no, that would be a lie. I had no control over it. And I wanted to do it so bad that I couldn't control it. I just went and drank again. Then Monday come and I said, come on, it's Monday. But all that it takes is for somebody to say, dude, what are you doing? Let's meet up at Friday's. You know, being a waiter, you drink every day. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was our spot. I worked in Princeton for years, so that's where I waited tables. And so every night we get off work, we was at um, Market Fair at Fridays. The bartenders knew us. We knew them. That was just our hangout. So even when you thought you weren't going to drink, you just drank. That's what you did. That's being a sinner. Don't get quiet on me. 
That's being a sinner. Just doing what you want all the time. And couldn't get yourself out of it. And lied to yourself and said, I have some control. Are you going to lie to yourself like that? Can you see that glass of wine and just say, "Mm, no. Can you see that Long Island iced tea and say, "Mm, no. Or do you just reach for it? I just reached for it back in the day. So I'm not a sinner today because I yield to what God wants now. Every once in a while, I, I, I mess up and kind of do my thing. And I got to like beat myself and say, boy, get back over on God's side and stop trying to do your thing. That's what this is all about. Our sin caused his death, but his death provide grace for us. So here's how it works. People always want to know why Jesus died for our sins. Because the Bible says, if we sin, we shall surely die. So Jesus died instead of us dying. The beginning of the text says, by one man, sin, disobedience, sin entered into the world. If one man can cause sin to come upon everybody, then one man can cause healing, deliverance, salvation, eternal life to come upon everybody. If everybody started doing wrong because of this man, Adam, then everybody can do right because of this man, Jesus Christ. Now, let me say this as I am closing up right now. Let me say this. I want you all to know Jesus Christ is God Almighty who manifested himself as a human being. Because here is the secret. I know you won't understand this, but I'm going to try my best to get you to understand. Here's the secret. If a man, M-A-N, physical, fleshly man, messed up and caused us to live in sin, then it would take a physical man to do it. If God would have been the one to come and do it, it wouldn't have been legit. What do you mean by that, preacher? God is a spirit. And if a spirit came to die, how could the spirit die? If the spirit came to try to do what, to, 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 to make right what a physical human did, that wouldn't be legit. So Almighty God became a man. And he was really a man, even though he was God Almighty. Because that's the only way we could have been rescued from the state that we were in. Because Adam, that fleshly man like you and me, because he messed up, then the Almighty God had to become a physical human being, just like you and I today, to save us. I know that's heavy, but this is what's great about God. If you can figure out everything about God, then he's really not God. I'll run back down here. If you can, for what I just described, you might say, I don't, I understand. Because if there's not some things about God, there's a scripture that says, great is the mystery of godliness. It's in your Bible, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, great is the mystery of godliness. What that word mystery means. You used to watch Scooby-Doo. So great is the mystery of godliness. There's mystery. You don't understand it all. You can't figure it all out. The scripture went on to say, God was manifest in flesh, justified in spirit, 
preached unto the Gentiles, seed of angels, believe on this world and receive up in glory. It is a mystery, but it really is real. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And so I close with this. Abounding grace. So here is how abounding grace works out for you and I. Abounding grace. When you look at the word abounding, it means increasing the word abounding mean increase 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 so abounding is increase the word grace means favor and gifts so what the scripture is saying is god's favor is Increasing more than sin is in our world. So where sin is increasing, God's favor and God's gift is increasing more. That's really what it's saying. So here is what I'm going to tell you as I close here. If sin is increasing, but God's grace, which is his favor and gift, is increasing even more than the sin, here is what God is trying to tell us. This is so excellent. What God is trying to tell us, that no matter how bad the situation is, no matter how terrible the situation is, sin, no matter how bad sin has reigned, no matter how bad sin has done work in your life, no matter how bad sin has treated you, His grace, is more abounding, more increasing. So what it's really saying is, I have more ways to get you out of your situation than your situation have to keep you in it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Listen to me again. God has more ways, favor and gifts. He has more ways of getting you out of that situation that you're in than your situation had to keep you. Here's my last understanding. The children of Israel, they were in Egypt in slavery. And they were just treated terribly. They were treated really bad. And finally, the Lord delivered them out of slavery. And as they were leaving out, Pharaoh got mad and changed his mind. Let's go after them and bring them back so they can serve us. And God told them to take the worst way possible to get out of Egypt. So, what the situation looked like was they had no hope. The situation looked like they were no way to get out of it. But where sin abound, grace abound that much more. And God is setting everything up. And no matter what 
the situation look like, God's strategic plan is greater than the sinful thing that is trying to destroy you. And so while that sinfulness is trying to take over your life and trying to destroy you, God said, I've got strategic plans all set up all around you. I got door number three open for you. You don't even know it right now. I got door number 16 ready to open for you. I got door number 99 ready for you. But you just got to trust me and know that no matter what's wrong, my grace will always be even greater than what's wrong in your life. Somebody say amen. Clap your hands and let's stand to our feet. Let me tell you this. Grace is God's favor. But when somebody is doing a favor for you, in order for the favor to work, you must respond to the favor. So let me give you an easy definition of grace. It doesn't mean because you heard what I said today, you're good. Now, God's grace, God's favor and gift is just, just working greatly in your life. But here's what grace is. PSCNG is due tomorrow, April 30th. They tell you $350. Tomorrow come, you just ignore PSCNG. May 30th come, PSCNG said, if you don't pay the $350, the next bill will be $700. And if you don't pay that $700, by June 15th, we're going to shut your lights off. June 15th come, your bill is $750, but your lights didn't get shut off. But they told you your lights would get shut off June 15th. Why isn't it shut off when you owe $750, you're two months behind, and they promised you your lights will be shut off. Why isn't it shut off June 15th? Then June 17th come, lights still on. June 29th come, lights still on. You, you started going into July and light's still on. That's grace. You're given time that you don't deserve. That's what God's grace is. He's given you favor and he's given you a gift, meaning time you didn't deserve. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. But he's so loving. He's so kind that he's given you extra time. But in that extra time, you have to make a move. In that extra time, you got to do something. And the thing about grace is we don't know when it runs out. PSCNG one day will just come and shut it off. And you're going to want, oh, and you're going to know right away. You're coming home. You see the house in darkness. You say, it finally happened. It finally happened, right? And, and, and you're surprised when it happened, but you kind of know what's going on. It's God's grace. Don't be surprised when it happened if your grace run out. And how grace run out for us? Grace can run out for us by us never accepting Jesus Christ's invitation to repent of our sins, 
to be born again of the water and of the spirit and to become a child of God. Listen to me. We can't just believe and we're saved. We must do something to be saved. And the Bible says we must repent of our sins. We must be born again of the water and of the spirit, which is baptism, to have all your sins removed. This is the ceremony that God has chosen for you to become a part of his family. Back in the day, in, in, in Genesis, in the, in the Old Testament, in order to become a Jew, you had to be circumcised. Men had to be circumcised. So there was always an identity. There was always something you had to do to say, God, I am yours. And so back in the day, circumcision says, I am yours. Today, repentance, baptism in water, and receiving God's spirit in you is your identification, is what you have to do to say, I accept to become a part of your family. There's no other way. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Again, remember what I said. Don't let your human will outdoes God's will for your life. Understand that you can feel a certain way. The feeling is real. I can feel things all the time, but I know what I'm feeling when it's wrong. And I have to say, what you're feeling, dude, you know is wrong. So do what you got to do to do what's right. And that's what I'm telling you today. Do what you got to do to do what's right. Don't feel bad that you feel something that's not good. It's just a part of the deal. We live in this flesh. We live in this world. We've done some things we didn't want to do. And so we're challenged in a lot of ways by what we feel. But what we feel should not win out over what we should do. It's what we should do that matters. Somebody say amen. And so if you're here today and you want to give your life to God, you can raise your hand and we will talk to you about your salvation, about your born again experience. We want to help you. I don't think you should wait because, again, we don't know how grace this, how long this grace period is. Grace period. We don't know how long the grace period is. We don't know when we run out. So if today God has spoken to your heart because his grace is abounding no matter what you have done, there's nothing that you have done that is so wrong that God can't take you out of. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you committed murder. Amen. If you decide today, God, here I am. I'm giving my life to you. I know I've done wrong. I confess my sins and I ask for your forgiveness. And I pray, Lord God, that you'll take my hand and lead me to your water, that I'm baptized in your water. All my sins can be washed away and I can have a new life. You will fill me with your spirit. It's up to you. But I feel strongly that I've made myself clear through the word of God about God's abounding grace. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for all of our families and friends that are here today. Lord, we thank you for the word that has gone forth. Now, God, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice, God, that you have spoken to, that have heard your word, that know, Lord God, that they must do something, that they will respond to you in obedience. Lord, whoever is struggling within themselves, because we know that, God, we struggle with doing our own will. It's been clear, Lord God, we want to do what we want so often. But, God, we want you to help us to make the decision to obey the divine God's will and not my own will. I pray today, Lord God, that the miraculous working power of Jesus Christ will save, will heal, will deliver, will set free. Lord, today I pray that somebody will make a decision to say, no longer will I live the, my own way, but I will live according to the will of God. 
I pray that somebody will surrender their life to you today, Lord God. That somebody will say yes to your will. That somebody will say, God, here I am. This is a great commitment that you will make to God. But I want you to know, I believe the Spirit of God is saying, don't you worry about the the enormity of the commitment. Just live one day at a time. Just take one step before the next. Put one foot in front of the other. Don't you worry about how this is going to work. Don't you worry about the, the, the great commitment it is. Just, just trust God to hold your hand and take you by the hand and lead you step by step and guide you so you can make it through. You won't be by yourself and you won't be on your own. God loves you and God wants you to experience abundant life. Oh, just as His grace has been abounding, God says, I want you to experience abundant life. Will you come and give your life to God today? Will you come and surrender to the Lord today? Oh, hallelujah. Father, bless your people today. As we go from this place today, Lord God, I pray that you will continue to remind us, continue, oh God, to stir us, continue, Lord God, to make us aware of what you have just spoken to our heart. God, I pray that somebody will make up in their mind to give themselves to you. That they will no longer hold back from you. Bless this group of people, your people, that you have chosen before the foundation of this world. Let them experience liberty and joy. Oh God, salvation, healing. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hmm. Father, I pray that the meal we'll partake of today, that, Lord God, your blessings will be upon it, that it will be sanctified and be for the enrichment of our body and strength to our bones. We thank you for all the preparers of this food. We thank you for everyone that made this day possible, Lord. First, start with you and then all of your great people that you've brought together to make this day possible. I thank you for them, Lord God, and I pray your blessings upon them, upon their family, upon their finances, upon their situation. As we go from this place, Lord, keep us in your care, Lord God, and let no harm nor danger come to any one of us. We love you, we adore you, and we appreciate you. There is none like you, Lord God. Will you continue to add to your church the body of Christ? And Lord, we will continue to be your arms and your feet, your instrument, your conduit, that your will may be done in this earth. We ask you these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Can everybody say amen? God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for being here today.